Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Today's show is sponsored by Stamps.com. Stop wasting your time at the post office. Go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and enter our code, BADCHRISTIAN, for a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. That's Stamps.com, promo code, BADCHRISTIAN. Nice work, Matt. Um, how you feeling? It's the first day of the Knuckle Breaker Challenge. I, uh, I, I have a. I, I talked about this in the BC Club episode, but I went way too hard for Halloween because <laughs> I knew it was the last day before this health challenge, mm-hmm. and so I really drank a lot of alcohol and really ate a lot of candy and ate a ton of pizza. <laughs> I mean, it was like the same all exact thing day, the pizza. Yep. all day, and then I fell asleep on the couch watching something, and then I just woke up and I felt almost about as crazy as I've ever felt in my life. I looked at my, <laughs> I looked, at, I mean, it felt like I was underwater and I was just moving, like just barely moving. My phone said one a.m. and I was like, I can't make it to my bed. I don't, I'm not going to be able to. I made it. <laughs> but I bet this pizza morning is um, a really common Halloween food because you're about you know you just go just get the pizza and let's go get this on mm-hmm. with. eat the pizza finish the damn costume and let's go <laughs> get candy <laughs> yeah For that's sure. exactly how mine played out it was great mm-hmm. we, but yeah we I'm gotta, gonna, go ahead well I, well I was just gonna say we got a ton of stuff going on though in the knuckle breaker world it's crazy I mean it's insane we got that right now we got this challenge. Uh, then we got, uh, you can join the knuckle breaker club at, uh, knucklebreakers.co and you can get two extra podcast episodes a week. Plus meet a bunch of people and it's really fun. Um, and then we got the knuckle breaker bash this is in Kansas city on Friday, December 10th, which is crazy. It's going to be at the Rhino, which is a very cool venue. And we got old Aaron Marsh from Copeland is going to headline the damn thing because he wasn't at Furnace Fest. So now we all get to see the man, the myth, the legend. Because I don't even know if he exists or not. I didn't see him at Furnace Fest. So I don't know. I believe that'll compel him to a Bad Christian episode, right? Was that, yeah. Did we write that in? Yeah. Have we I done that so. before? <laughs> no. You did, so. you did a I've labeled him on labeled before. Oh, I'm thinking of Aaron Sprinkle, I think. Yeah, yeah Aaron Sprinkle's done Who is yeah. also going to be at the KB Bash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was Surrounded a good time right here, now. <laughs> Is Lunsford going to be there? Oh, he might because he flies for free, so I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, because yeah. I mean, triple it's errands, a, man. It's going to be fun because not only all that great music, Aaron Sprinkle. Uh, we got Chris Keen uh, from the band Surrogate, and who plays with Emery. He's going to be playing as well. Uh, Aaron Marsh, Aaron Sprinkle, Emery. I didn't even mention that we're going to be playing, and then afterwards is going to be this awesome karaoke party. And the cool thing about this, we we made it small and limited and intimate. So there's only like 150 tickets, and a lot of them are already gone. So if you want to come to this thing, go get your ticket now. It's going to be really fun. Um, and, yeah, and that's labeled people, bad Christian meetup. That's yep. uh, 
you know, knuckle breakers, furnace fest people. Or worlds that's collide. Just, it's just overlapping communities. <laughs> that's the kind of the thing now is you can feel that, it, you know, we spent these de- this decade where everybody's in I- I- ISO chambers, and now the mainstream sucks so bad that people are getting in groups again, and they overlap more, and more digital stuff's <laughs> yeah. going on. You can feel the, a little bit of overlaps of things happening, so I think that's mm-hmm. great. Um, well, the other cool thing about this is Elena, who's been working with us and was over the, the Furnace Fest group. I mean, she's done so much working with Furnace Fest. She's helping make this a party. And so there's all day activities that you, uh, on Saturday as well. And another show, and everybody's going to be getting together, probably do a pub crawl. There's all kinds of stuff. So go, again, to knucklebreakers.co to check that out. And also, golly, we got someone... We're uh, we're writing custom songs again. Uh, we've been doing this for the last hey. probably three years. Y'all y'all still hear me? Yep. Sorry. She was just responding yeah. with excitement that you oh. got custom songs. <laughs> I think she wants one and is oh, wondering about the discount at this time. Oh. She's trying to support you right now, you know. Oh, the, yeah. <laughs> she's wanted, she wants to get trying in to on back the you up, man. <laughs> we we've written over a hundred, easily a hundred of these custom songs, and uh, it's just great. And so basically, uh, we do that. This could be like a Christmas present for your loved one. Uh, it doesn't. It, if you want a Christmas song, it can be, but most of them usually aren't. It's just you send us a little bit about what you want us to sing about, and uh, we'll write we'll write the lyrics. I mean, we'll even if you got some lyrics, we can we can incorporate those as well. Uh, but yeah, that that is a lot of fun. And once again, there's limited time because we have to write all these songs before Christmas. So if you want a custom song, get it now. Mm-hmm. And if you you know what goes great with a custom song, what. Uh, a vibrator. <laughs> <laughs> well, why are you getting Christmas gifts? I mean, well, if you're getting in the Christmas mood, why not a you know, sexy Christmas mood? There's a lot mood. of Christmas stuff you can't get these days, you know, with all the supply supply What? what? I mean, pitch. I give I give the people what they want. I'm telling you, I can write you a song that, you know, I can write you a sexy love song, sell you the adult toys, sex toys that, that you want, and then after y'all are done, y'all can listen to an episode of our podcast and cut up. Yeah. That's yeah, because you really want Toby's voice to be centered in all of those stages. Sexual experience. <laughs> <That's>, but, <laughs> you know what our sex life needs. <laughs> I heard this podcast. Or Toby Morrell. <laughs> I heard this podcast. This guy, a, a, a real country accent. Something just, about his voice, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but it, but but it, it. That's true, though. I mean, that people do like the lead singer. There is that. That is part of why people do like lead singers. That is true. Like they there like are some, people, they, yeah. there are people that feel that way about your voice, the sexy, funny, the way that we're laughing about it. Some people feel that for real, maybe like know. three or four. But <laughs> I wouldn't say it's that many. Everybody has a different. One of those is your wife. You know. <laughs> right. I wish. Funny. I wish. But you, it seems like there's potential to connect a song and a box and a combo that you haven't hit yeah. on yet. That's true. Yeah. A, a custom song and a custom curated uh, sex toy like box. Like a, a song, a dirty song, maybe. Yeah, nasty. <laughs> as obscene like as you want. I'm going to start but original, writing. But can you, you write, write fan, it, I mean, it's fan fiction? Can you write fan fiction they, they like, people songs like, uh, that are mm-hmm. like sex? Yeah, Fifty people, Shades of Grey. I mean, she was a fan it. fiction author, right? Fifty you Shades of Grey. You could be a ghostwriter. Absolutely. But, but I just wanted to do the songs. Yeah, not, not not a story, just a song. Yeah, but I'm just saying songs. The songs that they could buy from you. One of the options could be smut. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? That's one of the genres that you can't. I mean, if they want to help with the lyrics, yeah. or whatever, you can go there. 
Look, yep. you're missing a, a very lucrative stream of ver- revenue right now, Toby. And <laughs> Matt's it. trying to help you get access to that. <laughs> I, that would have been so funny Audio if all those drama, years ago. Podcast. But, what are you, crazy? Uh, if all, if <laughs> I mean, all those years ago that we, uh, we start, when we first started Emory, if I'd have said, Dad, I'm going to write songs about smut and you can't stop me. <laughs> <laughs> It's, first, it's an audio book read by a podcast, you know, audio drama and podcast form, and then direct yeah. music written about you and your own sex life, and then the physical hardware needed. I tell you, that's a, that, I mean, <laughs> and the, whatever physicalities you like to involve as product at the end of that whole box he, experience. He ended up being a uh, a terrible person and did terrible things, but R. Kelly writing Trapped in the Closet. Is that oh, has that hell. you know what I mean? Like he's 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 trying to do all kinds of things with that or whatever. Oh, I mean, my you God. know, it, it's really cheesy, but he was going for something. He, like he that. tried. That, yeah, I'll give he was him going that. He he's tried. in jail now, but he's Thank basically God. a he's basically like all those guys. That that is cult leader. That's cult leader. Oh, is what, yeah. the, what I say. I don't say pedophile. I say cult le- like pedophile on as a function right. of cult leader. Like whatever you know what yeah. I mean, whatever you're hitting on there. He was. They have these whole narratives that they bring people into that who's you, who you are, right. what you do, and who I'm the god of this universe, and it's like that kind of level stuff that he ha- seems to have going. Yeah, so I think it he has sounded a lot like the, the interviews that. with the ladies. It was almost like they were kind of brainwashed in a way, and yeah. they had to submit to whatever he wanted and whatever you know. And the idea there though was he's rich and famous, and you know, and it just gets you in that weird loop that you can't that get power out of. struggle. Yeah, because yeah. you're like, yeah. what? Uh, well, it's a power it, it, dynamic, it, it, I should say. And oftentimes you don't believe yourself. You're like, it's not that bad. I know I'm, I'm, you know how I am. And, you know, I know myself. It's not, the, it's not as bad as I'm making. I'm probably yeah. just complaining. I got a good opportunity here. He said he might could even get me on a track of one of the songs. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it might, yeah. I, I think some of them were artists as well and performers. And so how do we get on R. Kelly? Good Lord. Hey, that's your fault. <laughs> yeah. yeah that was, I used that to was love R. Kelly, though. I mean, I listen to R. Kelly all the time. Yeah, I've gotten to where I can't. I, even when it was like, oh, you can listen to the music if you don't like the way somebody acts. I used to say that and yeah. think that. But with him, it's just I, can't, I just can't find the enjoyment in the track no. anymore. I yeah. can't find it. when I Even when I go there, it, it doesn't come back to me anymore yeah. as mm-hmm. much. So it's a little sad. Or it's a lot yeah. sad, but a little sad for me. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I believe I can fly. That mm-hmm. song's, I mean, in my childhood. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I mean, that's wild. Yeah. Anyway, let's uh, let's talk about this old interview. This one's interesting because Mary Beth, you did the whole thing, and this is—I mean, this was a while back when you recorded this, but it was really great. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's Nicole Hodges, who I didn't know, and I—I I was just looking her up. Um, what is her her Instagram? Is it says uh, s- sexual freedom philosopher? Yes, right <laughs> and honestly, that's pretty cool. After getting to know her, that's the perfect title for her. So I actually. Um, was a, a, another clubber, uh, Kara, suggested that I interview Nicole because they actually went to high school together. So Nicole's Canadian. So um, that was really cool that I was able to network and come in contact with her. And it turned out like this is probably one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. And it is the most meaningful to me um, because at the time, I and of course I feel like this is kind of an ongoing struggle but at the time I was really closely evaluating 
my sexuality, what sexuality in general means and looks like, how society has conditioned us to believe certain things or the church or our parents or whatever. I was like right in the middle of all this. And then Nicole comes in and her whole mission is to basically break these stigmas and just shed light on all things sexual, really, um, that we are taught to suppress or we don't talk about because it's considered taboo. And and she also, she's really ventured out into a lot of other areas, too. So at the time I interviewed her, she already had a ton of projects going on. But she also works a lot with um, psychedelics, too. So she's done a lot of, like, interviews and studies about how psychedelics can impact sexuality and also just other things. So she... She is a smart woman and a badass woman. And I'm like super stoked that I got to interview her and, and talk to her about stuff like this. I liked yep. uh, the uh, how you guys were talking a little bit about it. I, I'm trying to remember how deeply you went, but like with her reframing virginity and how mm-hmm. like I think it wasn't that she was saying like we always say you lose your virginity or something like that, but you don't necessarily right. lose it. And you, you know, and it always feel mm-hmm. and, and then a lot of times the stigma is the the female lost it or the, the lady lost it or, you know, more than the right. guy or something like that. And so I thought it was yeah, really cool. You're right. She was great. I think that's what originally caught my interest because at that time too, I like had just started kind of having my own sexual experiences. So I still kind of like in that, like, I guess I don't want to say virgin mindset, but I, it was still like fresh on my mind that that was something that kind of like, almost haunted me for so long until yeah. I was, you know, in my mid twenties. And so y'all know I'm a long time virginity denier, don't you? I mean, I've got, we've had that on this show. We challenged <laughs> the concept of virginity a long time ago. Just that it's yeah. a, that it's a, so it's, it's an absurd concept. I mean, it's, it's, what does mm-hmm. it mean? Like it obviously doesn't mean anything the way we are Christians always, I mean, you know, we, we used to make a lot of, of that pressure on, on the podcast. On, on just you, a, honestly, it's an absurd yeah. concept really. Yeah, right. it, it it became a huge my like my virginity became a huge thing because I was like, well, do I lose it or I don't? And if I do, do I you know if I lose my virginity, am I on the way to hell? And then also everybody, you know, is talking about losing their virginity. And I'm not. So yeah. what's wrong with me? Couldn't I at least be tempted, Lord or or Satan? Couldn't you tempt me a little bit? <laughs> you know, <laughs> wasn't, I wasn't even getting tempted to have sex in, in high school, really. So. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I feel like it sets all parties up for failure, and it you start focusing on this abstract concept rather than like sex itself at all or relationships. It's just this, this mythical term that just floats over you and haunts you and guilts you and shames you and all this other stuff. But it, does it even fucking exist? Not really. <laughs> no, it's a nonsense concept. Almost, I mean, it's almost a nonsense concept. It's so crazy how strong mm-hmm. it's been because it's like the concept holds to, yeah, you could be a virgin and still do anal. I mean, that's what that's what kind of concept do we have at that point? Right. Like what if what are we talking about? If it's a and it doesn't matter, especially if sexuality is more, if especially the more open that is, because it's like, what's penetration? What does it matter? And like, what is? I mean, that's right. just it's crazy. It, the concept never held if anybody scrutinized it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we, we got, got into everybody that wanted it for some reason. We all I don't know why we. I mean, it's just so technical that you can, as a little kid, get it or something. Yeah, and then you spend the rest of your life it making no sense out of it. Right. Yeah, we went into like how whenever you think of virginity, you 
probably think of a heterosexual male-female relationship, and it probably involves penetration. And that is what is defined as virginity. And that literally excludes everything else, male or female, same-sex relationships, any other sexual act is somehow not looped into that. Right. And then that makes, it's like, why? What for? Like, if we're, if sex itself is what is making us not virgins anymore, then do like sexual acts not count? It has to be official. It has to be stamped as the official act of sex. Like, you know, it's, it's a hot mess. (laughs) (laughs) It's all over TikTok. You were talking about, you know, we were talking our, our religion and, and upbringing also affects all that, but the, it's all over TikTok. It's, have y'all heard of soaking? Mm-mm. Yes. You know what soaking <laughs> is, Mary Beth? Yeah. So yeah. this is what, correct me if I'm wrong, but th- this this was just Mormons talking about how they got away with, got around, you know, mm-hmm. uh, staying a virgin. Oh, uh, yes. The As long as you don't move... <laughs> You could put your wiener in the vagina and don't move. If you start thrusting it out, you have to say But you can yes. just, yeah, you cannot that. physically thrust. And so you soak it, right? But there's also, I saw another one. You, what if a friend happened to be behind <laughs> you pushing you? You're not doing it. Somebody oh else is, God. so you don't. You're not losing your virginity. Wow, I've never heard of that level of technicality. So like somebody could, but that's somebody could sit on that's your butt awesome. and jump up and down. And that's just, absurd. Oh that's crazy. Yeah. I believe that though, because if you if you when you if you were a horny enough whatever age and you just were, I mean, and you were that crazy yeah. and you just, I mean, you were trying and you're like, hey, I could believe that, like, because if you believe a bunch of wacky stuff, it's easier to believe wacky stuff. Right. Right. <laughs> you know. It's easy to believe those technicalities if those above you tell you these technicalities matter for things. It's easy for you to go, mm-hmm. oh yeah, well I got to I'm even smarter than them. I've got another one. Yeah, like you, you. That's how it works. You push back like by being yeah. creative. <laughs> I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, so. at that point though, I just don't see how it's even remotely pleasurable. It seems more trouble that, than it's worth, yeah, to be probably. honest. Yeah, yeah. But and that, you know, and, and that's what screws everybody up too because they have sex in strange <laughs> crazy ways instead of hey we, we like each other we're both into this right let's just try this out and not uh, you yeah. know but 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 you got people you know i mean that's the same as me i did everything i could do besides just going in the vagina you know Here's what i mean the like that, that should work on is that is when you bust into your kids room and you catch them in the middle act your parents aren't relieved to find you were just soaking Right. So <laughs> they don't, there's no like, oh, thank God. Yeah. They're only it's not soaking. Like if you clarify, it's <laughs> like magically that, better. Yeah, right, right. Dad, 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 you got it wrong. No, I'm so I haven't moved. I haven't I moved. I did not thrust once, I swear. I'm not moving right now, Dad. I'm still and he, soaking. And there goes, right on, son. Right on. Proud of you. <laughs> Proud of you. Keep up the good I work. I knew you wouldn't. Oh, man. Never doubted you, son. No. See, see you, Julie. Bye. See y'all guys. 45 minutes soaker Dan here. (laughs) 45 minutes is my record. Oh my God. No thrust. 45 minutes. But I mean, the the reason they do that though, they, they did, they do that. And I did that because I was told all this horrific stuff would happen. And you know what I mean? Like there wasn't, it wasn't told like, okay, this is what it could be. And just keep it just as a part of life here. Instead, (laughs) it was this giant spiritual thing that meant I was a bad person or I made, I destroyed a young lady 
or what you know what it's I mean? Like life or death. Yeah. That's how people make it out to be. Like 100%. you will literally die, or you will literally kill someone else's spirit, or right. just all but of that, these dramatic. That tone is set by a dad that says, "I have a shotgun. If you go on a date with my daughter, right. that's what do you mean? We're talking mm-hmm. about death. Obviously, we're talking yeah. about kill you mm-hmm. for this." We talk about burning hell for this. Incredibly this is, how, how, how can the kids get so confused? Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Well, let's however, bring on, do they get so confused? Let's bring on Nicole. She's probably way better at talking about all this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's just yeah, let the sure. expert. Let's just let's bring her on instead of me sitting here going, yeah, but I mean, it wasn't good. That's not I, <laughs> I didn't thrust, I swear. <laughs> well, thank you, Mary Beth. I'm looking forward to everybody hearing this. Yep. Absolutely. All right. But first, everybody, the season the season of giving is finally here, and so is the holiday rush. So if you're selling anything online, you don't have to face the holiday hustle alone. Stamps.com takes all the hassle and guesswork out of holiday shipping and saves you money. Easily compare prices and delivery dates across major carriers and get huge discounts. I'm talking up to 40% off USPS and 76% off UPS race. Did you hear me? 76%. I was born in 1976, by the way. Whether your sales come from Amazon, Etsy, Shopify, or eBay, stamps.com streamlines your shipping and keeps you on your customer's nice list. So uh, let me tell you guys, deliver more smiles this holiday and start shipping and saving with stamps.com today. There's no risk. And with our promo code, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free shipping uh, credits and a digital shipping scale, no long, long-term commitments or contracts. You'll be up and running in minutes. Seriously, I've done it. It was literally minutes. So just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type bad Christian. That's stamps.com promo code, bad Christian stamps.com easy e-commerce shipping for less, a lot less. I mean, I think the best situations I've been in are truly moments where like my partner had me just lay back on the bed and open my legs and he just looked at me and he just looked at my pussy without touching me and just told me over and over again how beautiful it is and how he can't wait to touch it but he like he held back and he just allowed me to kind of bask in his words first So today, everybody, we have a very busy woman. We have Nicole Hodges, and that's uh, Nicole Double L. She is the founder of Girls Who Say Fuck, creator of Men Who Take Baths. She is the author of a book called Oh, The Places You'll Go, O-O, which is, um, as Amazon likes to call it, a children's book for adults um, about the power of the female orgasm. And the most relevant topic to what we're discussing today is um, Nicole's working on a Kickstarter campaign to rebrand virginity to sexual debut, which I absolutely love. That's fantastic. So um, Nicole, I'll let you kind of touch on that um, or anything that I left out. Please feel free to fill in those blanks. (laughs) No, I hope there's nothing you left out because that's already quite a bit of stuff. So (laughs) thank you for the introduction. Like I was saying to you before we recorded, it's always strange to hear uh, how many things are kind of going on in my life. But I think the overarching theme of all of those things is really wanting to instigate change through conversation and really change the way that we think about all of the things that we're told the way life is supposed to be. So whether that is 
masculinity or certain aspects of feminism or sexuality and the way that we're allowed to express that as women. Um, and then also this, this campaign to rebrand virginity to sexual debut, again, kind of all falls under this umbrella of really wanting to question why we go so long believing something while simultaneously trying to change it. Mm -hmm. And language is such an important factor in that, which is why I'm kind of honing in on the word virginity, because in my mind, we have this society that's trying to challenge stigma and create gender equity and break free from a lot of these ideas that have held us back from expressing ourselves fully. And yet you go back to the root of where this all starts, which is again, like virginity, a lot of mm -hmm. young women, um, they, with that word alone, maybe even unbeknownst to them, will be beginning their sexual journey at a deficit, already feeling like they've lost something and not even really understanding why, but the implication that you lose something instead of gain something or that you should be shamed for this mm -hmm. rather than celebrated is not really a good starting point for where we want to get to. So right. that's, that's that in a nutshell, I suppose. Yeah, that's a great point. And I don't think, um, and I, I'm going to just guess that most of my audience will likely be coming from a, a Christian background, at least starting mm -hmm. out. And so, you know, even, even if you're not from that background, I think losing your virginity still has that connotation, but especially from a religious background with purity culture mixed into to it and the religious shame that's piled onto that. Yeah, I mean, and some of the comments that I received, you know, when I asked people why they chose to participate and support the campaign financially or even just with their, you know, retweets and reposts and, and, and sending me message, like, why did you even take the time to let me know that this was important to you? And uh, an overwhelming response, which maybe isn't surprising given what you just said, was that a lot of these people grew up in religious households or they were part of churches and a lot of the language used around sex, specifically first time virginity, mm -hmm. was a method to cause shame, which is just another form of control. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to break free from this. But again, like a lot of these things you don't realize until later in life when you have more life experience and you do start to develop a stronger sense of self, then looking back and realizing like, not, not with the sense that there's a regret, but that you were perhaps stunted in growth that could have come sooner or been nurtured sooner had that language and in those environments not been such a, not, not popped up at such a, a pivotal moment in your life when you are so impressionable because you trust the people that are older than you to guide you and shame should never be the answer. And, and, you know, again, like even with writing this, this, um, book about orgasms, um, Oh, the places you'll go. Oh, Oh, a lot of moms have come up to me and been like, when can I read this to my daughter? And that's always, that's always a question that I, I navigate on a one-to-one -one basis because I can't give a blanket answer as to when that person will feel like it's the appropriate time to talk to their daughter. That could be six for some, it could be 15. It could be 18 for all I know. But right. 
the baseline and the common thread should always be no shame. There should be no shame in the discussion. So it doesn't need to go straight from zero to let's talk about you having sex for the first time. But if you raise your children in a way where they feel they can express themselves, they will naturally start to come into their own and they will let you know when they're ready to have deeper conversations about that. And none of those conversations will be based in shame, whether that's subconscious or not. So that that's again, kind of the point of this whole thing. It's like the importance of, of language is really the importance of removing any sense of shame from moments of deep discovery and exploration from our lives. When you follow all these rules that you are kind of assigned in uh, whatever setting you're in, whether that's religious or not, even if you follow these rules, it's not like, you know, you can just flip off this switch of shame once you've crossed this threshold of, you know, I think for most people it's likely marriage. Um, You know, you carry, you still carry that shame with you into your marriage and it's hard for you to ever if you don't really realize it, it's hard to break out of that. Yes. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And, and, and again, like that comes down to the creation of, of a, like, a, like almost a uh, embedded binary. When you use the word virginity, you're saying essentially when you cross that threshold, you are now impure. You know, you use the word purity earlier. It's like, even that kind of language means that you go from being one thing that's viewed as positive to the other side of that, which is just, okay, now you're a whore. If you sleep Mm -hmm. with X amount of people, and that's usually a low number, but the fact that we even have a number, which is completely arbitrary. And I was obsessed with this idea as well. You know, I told myself when I was uh, 15 years old that I would never sleep with more than 10 people in my entire life because I was worried that if I did, I would be looked at in a certain way. And, you know, that, that came for completely other reasons, mostly to do with my, my mother, not so much the church, but just kind of like, you know, rebelling against, against her. Um, but still this idea that you're either a virgin or a whore Mm -hmm. and you're right. Like sexuality is so nuanced and multifaceted and we do ourselves such a disservice as women if we only look at those two binaries as the way to be rather than seeing that sexuality if you expand the scope of what is sexual it really doesn't matter if you have slept with someone or not which again like just to go down another little rabbit hole or (laughs) side tangent when we use the word virginity it's also implying that the only like relevant or valid form of sex is penetration between a man and a woman Mm -hmm. discovery that you found within yourself with a woman is not valid. Does that not count as a defining sexual experience in your life? Mm -hmm. Um, even for yourself, you know, the fact that you're having these conversations about being a virgin and that this is, this is like part of your identity. That doesn't necessarily mean you're not a sexual person. That Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you aren't an erotic person or an awoken or awoken woman. But we have this idea that, you know, 
and I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put words in anyone's mouth, but I'm assuming that for some people, perhaps not people listening to this podcast, but others, they'd be like, Oh, she's a virgin. That must mean she's frigid. She must not like her life. Like these assumptions that now all of a sudden come pouring in because of this decision you've made purely based on the way society sees virgin or whore. Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head because you know, one question I was going to ask you was how do you define virginity? Because, you know, recently, um, I mean, I have had sexual experiences, but if if I'm going with society's definition of virginity, which is purely heterosexual penetration, then okay, sure, yeah, mm-hmm. I am a virgin. But that doesn't mean I haven't had other sexual experiences. And I I do I identify as pansexual. And so, you know, if I were to have a sexual experience with a woman first, does that not count? You know, like exactly. It's yeah. ridiculous. And, and, and like, I, I love that you're taking that on and I love that you're talking about this. I think it's really important from your perspective as well to quite literally be like a, like a, like a, a, a walking form of defiance. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I love, you know, the one thing that fuels me in this life is proving people wrong. And so <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just part of, part of my personality, but I mean, I just, You know, I was also talking to a friend of mine who, you know, I was talking about how both how society perceives us and how potential partners perceive us. And interesting, we have this, of course, you know, 40 year old virgin is a popular movie. And, Mm. you know, of course, it's a comedy. It's meant to be funny. But I think there's so much truth in how society perceives virgins as these awkward, socially inept, like... (laughs) extremely unsexy people (laughs) but that is so far from the truth i mean it's you know it's funny to think about that but if we're being real you know that perception does bleed over into dating life and we were talking about online dating and how you know if we either we were talking about men specifically but it's either one end of the spectrum or the other it's either a a conquest once they mm. find out or it's, oh, well, you know, you're, you're too inexperienced. It's probably going to be bad sex. You're probably going to mm. be awkward. You might even be extra clingy afterwards. Like that's a whole other set of beliefs that I think I know I was taught in the church is that obviously you're going to form this really strong emotional connection with whoever you give your virginity to, which I have issues with that language too. Yep. Yeah. And so now people have this perception like, Oh, if, if I'm the one that has sex with this person first, are they going to like leech onto me? And that is extremely harmful too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was even, uh, you're reminding me of something from the wedding crashers, um, where, uh, someone, someone has, uh, I can't remember Will Ferrell, you know, has sex with the girl, finds out afterwards she's a virgin. And then that's where the whole term um, stage five clinger originated from, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have been like called that not because of my actions, but um, honestly, because of my potential actions. Like I, uh, God forbid, I wanted to tell someone how I felt, which wasn't, it wasn't over the top or anything. It, 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 regardless, 
the person who I was asking for advice, they were basically like, that's a little stage five, don't you think? (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay, so we can't share our feelings. Okay, that's nice to know, you know, and, you know, that that goes into even whenever I did have kind of my first I guess, sexual experience, which was pretty recently, actually, and I'm, and I'm 26, you know, mm-hmm. which is a whole other set of stereotypes. But, you know, I was hesitant to share how I felt afterwards or it, whether or not I enjoyed it at all, because mm-hmm. I didn't want this perception or this stereotype to somehow come true, um, mm-hmm. even though that's not something that I, re- I should really be worried about, you know? No, absolutely not. Um, I know this is your podcast, but can I ask you a question? Of course. Yeah. Okay. 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 Great. Um, (laughs) what, what, uh, if I, if I said like, what is a sexually liberated woman? Like, what does that mean to you? I think sexually liberated, um, I think a woman who is willing to explore her own body on her own terms and, and decide what she deems as pleasurable and what she enjoys and really can see herself as a sexual being. Um, and that doesn't have to attach to a partner or um, desirability from anybody else. It's, it's more like a, an internal feeling like, you know, I know that I am a sexual being. I know what I like, what I find pleasurable. And I, I take joy in exploring myself in that way um, Mm -hmm. and feeling Mm -hmm. power in that. That's how I would interpret that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Completely. Which is something that I also kind of want to touch on is, you know, how maybe, virginity and masturbation kind of link together um it's that of course we have this stereotype that virgins aren't sexual beings but it's it's Mm. also like are we going to completely forget about the possibility that we we have taken it upon ourselves to explore ourselves like (laughs) i mean yeah god forbid that idea ever comes into play you know like that's a whole that's a game changer absolutely i mean it was really interesting i did a I, I ran a, a, a campaign a few months ago called Isolate and Masturbate, which was basically just saying that COVID is an opportunity for you to explore yourself. We weren't really sure what was happening with online dating, social mm-hmm. distancing, everything. This was like pretty early on. And it felt like not only the potential for a great recalibration, but also a great pause in that we all like let's let's say there there again and just to use a binary term but let's say there's something as like masculine energy and feminine energy mm-hmm. a lot of people that i interviewed early on were really saying that we were living in a society with a lot of masculine energy everything was go 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 there wasn't a lot of emotion or feeling involved it was a, it was a lot of, it was all about production and mm-hmm. there's nothing negative in there's nothing inherently negative in that but when COVID hit, it was almost like a huge floodgate opened to release feminine energy, which was intentionality and slowness and consideration and sensuality and more of like a, a heart opening feeling and connectivity where we realize like we really are all in this together in a way that 
globalization or the internet was hinting at, but we never really felt it truly as much as we did when we have two things in common now. One, we all were born of woman. And two, we all can say, hmm, my life before COVID versus after right. COVID. Mm -hmm. So these are like two things that now really connect us in, in our shared humanity. And I was like, what an interesting opportunity for us to slow down and explore ourselves. And so I asked a lot of the women that were involved, I think there was about 15 women involved in the campaign. One of the questions I asked was how can self-pleasure be a form of self-care? And everybody had a different answer for this. But again, the, the commonality was the more you know yourself, the more you can ask for what you want. And so I wanted to explore that a little bit deeper because again, we're privileged that we get to have these conversations and that the people in our lives are open to us having these conversations right. with each other and in a way for them. Mm -hmm. And if someone's just purely not interested in self-pleasure, they're not going to follow a campaign or listen to a podcast or read a book about it. So it's the, the question really is how do you get people that don't even know they need this to realize that they might want this. Mm -hmm. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that is, that is the quest. I don't know the answer to that besides continuing <laughs> to have conversations and put out content. And again, like constantly trying to reach outside of my bubble to mm -hmm. entice people to, to think differently. Right. Um, so Again, like having this conversation with you, starting to explore this term virginity, starting to look at self-pleasure as a form of self-care, because if you can use that language, maybe people that understand self-care, but don't necessarily understand the value of masturbation might be like, okay, well, how could this be beneficial for my mental health? How could this be beneficial for my levels of stress? So you're telling me that if I, you know, spend some time meditating on my pussy, you know, let's not call it masturbation. It's pussy meditation. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> There's some words in there that might entice them that they might understand. So I think again, the power of language and, and helping people kind of come around to these ideas by shaping them in ways that they haven't really been shaped before because mm -hmm. the dominant narrative has been masculine. Even the word masturbation to me sounds curt and yeah. almost counterintuitive to what it actually is, which to me is like pussy worship, meditation, getting to know yourself and having a conversation with yourself. Like the, f the first time as an adult woman, which I believe I was 26 or 27 that I, that I looked at my own vagina and vulva in the mirror, truly not in a sense where I was like cleaning or just like doing a checkup, but being like, okay, this is part of me what do you have to tell me? I felt this connection light up between like my head and my heart uh, that I had never felt before. And it was like all of this hidden power was right there. And that was just from looking at myself in a loving way. Right. So laying back and actually touching yourself. And that doesn't need to mean to orgasm, right? That's another mm -hmm. thing. Masturbation, self-pleasure doesn't have to be a goal oriented thing. It can just be an exploration of self and it can be a few minutes where you're just down there being like, okay, I love you. I feel you. What do you have to tell me? And just listen. And if we can frame it like that, we can change a lot of these ideas around 
what it means to slow down and self-pleasure and what the benefits of that truly are. Right. I think that is such a foreign concept for so many women. Like, Well, yes. And, and one of the things which came up was the consideration that women would say, why would I pleasure myself when I have a partner? And I think that kind of touches on something you said earlier in the context of the virginity discussion, which is that if, if you give this thing to this person, they own your pleasure. Mm -hmm. And the only place that you should find pleasure is in tandem with them and theirs. So self-pleasure is not taught because pleasure inherently is avoided when we talk about sexual education. Mm-hmm giving that power to someone else, not only is that unfair and disservice to you, but you know, that could, that weight could be heavy on the other person um, Mm -hmm. because they do feel single-handedly responsible for your pleasure. And, Mm -hmm. and in a way they're, they're set up for failure because if you aren't, if you don't know what is pleasurable to you, then they surely won't know. Um, and, you and know, even if you don't know how to ask for it, like it's, it, it's scary, you know, getting to the point in your life where when somebody's doing something to you, uh, and they're trying to please you to actually say, mm, that's in, and, and this can be said in many different ways, but that's not really working for me. Can you try this instead? You know, like, because th- there is still that feeling of like, mm, I don't want to take up too much time. And yeah. there's all that shame around like, does it taste good? Does it smell good? Does it look okay? What are they yes. thinking? And, you know, and, th- and then on top of that, like, you want to be like, you're, you're doing great. Like, it's, it's, yes. it's okay. <laughs> and sometimes it's yes. not, you, you know, but <laughs> so, so even like, <laughs> even setting yourself free from that, by allowing yourself to experience pleasure on your own and like even kind of like vocalizing it to yourself when something feels good or doesn't feel good. Like I sometimes talk to myself. I'm like, "Mm, okay, Nicole, like let's try it this way. Let's do it this way. Or "Mm, that doesn't really feel quite right. Or, Oh, that feels really nice. Like sometimes just having a conversation with yourself preps you to have a conversation with somebody else when you do get into those moments. Yeah. Not only am I self-conscious about my body and how it, you know, looks smells tastes whatever to this person that I'm with but I'm also like of course like I'm enjoying myself I'm having a good time but I don't want to (laughs) take away from that but at the same time like you know we we could mix it up a little you know (laughs) definitely and then everything gets better I mean in uh Actually, I think I, no, I took, I took this page out of the book, but I was, I kind of touched on this idea of, of communication and the importance of communicating in order to come. Mm -hmm. And what I find and through my experiences, what I found is the importance of slowness. And when we think about slowness in sex, we don't have a lot of reference points because again, we, we only, we're, we're a society that deals with the extremes and that is either pornography mm-hmm. <laughs> or movies that, again, show a man, if we get a scene at all of a man just pleasuring a woman, is it's very quick. And I'm like, my God, you must have a, you must have a 
a magic tongue or like magic fingers because <laughs> I've never come that quickly. Right. And it doesn't matter how much I've told you I like something or not. It's like we don't have, we, we don't have, we, we don't deal with nuance. And the more that we pr- like take away conversations around pleasure, the more you're going to seek it out. And then when you do seek it out intentionally or not, these are the two avenues that you're finding very rarely do we have access to anything that shows female pleasure in its, in its truthness, Mm -hmm. which is it takes time and it takes a lot of comfort. I mean, I think the best situations I've been in are truly moments where like my partner had me just lay back on the bed and open my legs. And he just looked at me and he just looked at my pussy without touching me and just told me over and over again, how beautiful it is and how we can't wait to touch it. But he like, he held back and he just allowed me to kind of bask in his words first, Mm -hmm. which put me in a great headspace. And then, so when it finally started happening and he did touch me, all of those thoughts that I was unworthy of the attention or that he wouldn't enjoy himself or that I was taking too long or wasn't making enough noise or whatever it is completely dissolved because he showed me through his words and his slowness that that pace was okay. Mm-hmm. So it, t- it, it takes both, right? It's obviously we're speaking from the perspective of women, but men like to be told what to do. Mm-hmm. They like guidance, you know? Yeah. And so I think that we, th- we think a lot of the time we're going to offend them by telling them what we like or don't like. But most of the men that I speak to are like, oh, thank God she actually communicated with me. I was down there floundering around being like, ah, do I go left or right? You know? Ah, <laughs> so- uh, yes. Yes. That is, that is really a really great point. Well, I think too, um, you know, again, circling back around to the difference between virginity and sexual debut. And I, I, I like to make this point. It doesn't matter if the term actually gets rebranded to sexual debut. Mm-hmm. The point is, is that we're talking about it and we're talking about the fact that virginity is the point that we need to grow away from. And so even in this campaign to rebrand virginity as sexual debut, it's not actually about reaching sexual debut. It's about getting as far as we can from virginity as possible, whether or not sexual debut is the final destination or not. And part of that just comes down to my freaking mission in life, which is to create a world with more pleasure and less shame. When, you know, even in this conversation, when we're talking about, do I smell good? Do I look good? Et cetera, et cetera. Like let the, let the thing unspool in your mind and you can fill in the blanks yourself to whatever it is that you're going through in that moment. If you have confidence that you are a sexually liberated woman to whatever degree, whatever that means to you, you are reveling in that moment because you feel like a queen and you deserve to be satisfied. And that's where celebration comes in. If we celebrate our expression of sexuality and we celebrate those moments where we are being pleasured and we have the, you know, privilege to please another, it doesn't matter the time, the smells, the sounds, because you are confident. And Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean confidence in the way where you know 
Tantra or all of the positions that you should do because you read Cosmo when you were 15. It, those things <laughs> don't matter. Right. <laughs> you took a quiz once and it told you you should do this, you know, yeah. it, th- those things don't matter. It's, it's, it's your, it's your headspace. It's how, how do you feel about yourself in any situation, sexual or otherwise that you're in? Hell Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. Um, Well, I think we can learn so much from someone like yourself where penetration or the ideas of what society deems is when you become a sexual person, the moment you become a sexual person, and I put that in quotations, uh, when you challenge that, you expand the scope of what sexuality is. You expand the idea of nuances and erotic intelligence and those are i think important facets too in becoming a sexual person so like you said if someone hears that i hope they believe it well it starts with you and i know that we have these like i know that's such a cliche but cliches are cliches for a reason and saying it starts with you is the truth like begin here begin now and that doesn't have to mean self-pleasure but again i think the best accessory to become a sexually liberated woman is a mirror and sit in front of it and open your legs and look at yourself with a loving gaze and say, okay, I'm here. What do you have to teach me? And that's it. And I swear to you, you will hear something. Yeah, absolutely. Deep, deep, deep within you will come out. Yeah, for sure. And I think half the battle is because I I have – tried that i think half the battle is also like you said coming forward with a loving gaze that is the whole that's the hardest part to me um and i think but that i think that's the most important because it is something to be appreciated and not something to be ashamed of or something to be pushed aside which i think society does a pretty good job of doing for us (laughs) honestly Yeah. yeah but you but you are you for a reason and again you know, coming back to one of the, one of the pages in the book, I said the beautiful thing or the wonderful, the magical thing about doing what's true is it makes you the youiest you are of you. The world wants to know how you do what you do. Queen, you'll be queenly as queenly can be with your pussy empowered. You'll soon take the lead. And that to me is the epitome of recognizing. And again, it sounds cliche, but it is this way for a reason. There is nobody like you. Your impact on the world is fully realized when you accept yourself because who you interact with, the conversations that you have, the things you create, this podcast, for instance, if you were ashamed of your virginity because society told you that by this age, you should have done this, Mm -hmm. we wouldn't be having this conversation. You have no idea the ripple effects that this could have if someone listens to it and it fundamentally changes their life by planting a thought that grows into an action that changes who they interact with. And that comes from you accepting yourself and following through with that. So, so even in that microcosm of an example, look at the impact that you could have on somebody's life just from being who you are. Like that is, that is it. And I talk about this in, you know, Instagram captions, but, but, but Nietzsche says that our, our purpose on this, on this planet is, is something called the will to power. And the will to power means like, how, how much are you able to be yourself in this world? That's it. Your purpose, if you will, is how much you are able to be you. 
I didn't I didn't expect this podcast to be such a <laughs> such an encouraging thing for me, but thank you so much. <laughs> I mean, that that's so great to hear and I, I appreciate your words so much and I think there are so many things that are unsaid that people really need to hear in order to be their true authentic selves, especially in the category of sex, because it is, it's still somehow considered taboo, even though it's everywhere and it, you know, sex sells, but at the same time, God forbid we talk about it and explore that in ourselves. It's such a strange paradox that I don't think anybody can really figure out on their own. And so, and, and sex sells, because we're deprived of it. We're deprived of it in our everyday lives and in all things that we do. So then when it, when it, when we're told, Hey, you can buy this, we do. It's an industry. Sex sells because we're told that we don't have access to it in all things that we do. We're told that we're not sex, that we need to buy it to have it because it's something we lack. Mm -hmm. We're just so set up for failure in that regard. And it's, it's a shame. It's truly a shame. Yeah, it, it is. But you know what? You're pushing against it. I'm pushing against it. And we're doing it in interesting, creative ways. And that's what's going to, that's what's going to cause change. Yeah. Fighting the good fight. <laughs> Fighting the good fight. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to wrap us up. We've talked about so many awesome things. And I thank you again for taking the time to, to talk to me and to talk to my audience. But I want to end it with one thing. If, if you could choose one thing to tell any, any virgins who may be listening um, of any age, what is that one piece of advice? Like what is something that you really think if they had one takeaway, they should know? You are, you are enough. You lose nothing and you have everything to gain, whatever that looks like to you. There is no moment that you become you. You are constantly becoming you. And it's all within you. you. You are the key. I think the thing that I want people to know is that they are the key to everything that they want. Yeah, that's awesome. That's good. That's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I felt the urge to say, yeah, I think 15-year-old Mary Beth would really want to hear that. But hell 26 year old Mary Beth needs to hear that, you know? So yeah, it's never the end and it's never too late. I, uh, I know, I know we're wrapping up, but I'll just say one last thing. When I was 15 and I, I made that decision to, you know, not sleep with more than 10 people in my entire life. When I was 28, I was standing at the gates in my mind of that promise because I was about to have sex for the 11th time and it felt like a big deal for me. And I remember standing at this gate with my 15 year old self and I looked at her in my mind and I said, Nicole, you are safe. You are safe. It's okay. And she let me go. This idea that I had let me go and set me free. And you can do that at any time in your life. You can set yourself free. It's never too late. It's never too late. Yeah, that's great. Like I said, thank you so much for all of this. Um, what would you like my listeners to know about you? Where can they check you out? Do you have anything in the pipeline? Let us know. So they can go to girlswhosafebuck.com. There will, they will find articles that I've written, uh, projects that I'm working on. They can follow along there. They can also follow along on Instagram at girlswhosafebuck. 
They can follow along with me personally. That's at Nicole double L. So N I C O L L E the word double and then another L uh, men who take baths. They can go to men who take baths.com and at men who take baths in terms of the orgasm book, they'll find the orgasm book as well as more details on the um, virginity to sexual debut campaign at girls who say fuck or at again, this on Instagram at the orgasm book. So the orgasm book, <laughs> men who take baths, girls who say fuck, Nicole double L, any one of those, it will still funnel into the other. You'll figure it out. Just All signs one. lead to Nicole. Yeah. Go. All signs lead to Nicole. Yeah. That's fantastic. Follow, follow, follow the rabbit. <laughs> follow the jackalope. <laughs>